So good to be here. I've um, been greeted by a lot of people being like, oh, where have you been? I thought you'd gone already. But, but uh, I haven't. I'm still here until the summer. Um, just spending a lot of time up in Hatfield. Most of you know that. Um, but yeah, today's a really exciting Sunday. Today is the day that we send out a team on mission. Right, Isn't that exciting? Oh yeah, look at that. Duncan, you're going to Malta tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... It's full of Italian people. I hope you're working on your Italian then. Oh, you've got Luana, who's Italian, going. Fantastic. So there's a team here, and what I'm going to do today is I'm going to land, and we're going to get the team up here, the ones that are here, and we're going to lay hands, and we're going to pray, because that's what it says in Acts 13 to do. So we've all got responsibility in going out to Malta, even though we're not going ourselves, sadly. Um, but I'm going to be preaching on Psalm 125. I'm going to be continuing the, the series from our discipleship in, a, um, in an instant society. Um, and I'm going to be talking about being secure in God. It's such a significant mo uh, message. And I've so loved having this psalm with me throughout prayer and fasting. Because it's just a solid psalm to go back to again and again. And to, to get that kind of foundational truth in you. You're my security. God, you're where I get my strength. And a lot of the words that have come today, I'm actually going to be sharing some of my story about failure as well and how that led me to the security of God. I also failed my exams, Jill. It wasn't just you. Um, but God used it powerfully. So let's, let's read Psalm 125. I'm going to read it in the ESV, uh, and that is what should be up there as well. Um, <laughs> And I encourage you to have your Bibles out, actually. Have them in front of you. If you've got it on a phone, just have it in front of you. So this is Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But to those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. I'm going to start with the, the very last sentence. Peace be upon Israel, or peace be upon God's people. Peace be upon you. In, a, in an age where um, we are living in an instant society, anxiety is hugely high. Anxiety is all over the place. Like you, you see it everywhere. You meet people, they're anxious, they're worried, they want the next thing to happen really rapidly. They want, oh, this is happening, I think I need to do this, therefore I need to do it now. And, and this anxiety builds in people. This lack of security builds in people. That's what anxiety is. It's when you're insecure, anxiety builds. If you're not sure of the future, you're not sure of the next step, you're not sure of where you are now, anxiety builds. And that's the society we, we live in where anxiety is everywhere, all over the place. And it's because of a lack of security. And the antidote to that is the peace of God. The peace of God that goes beyond all understanding. The Prince of Peace coming in and giving peace. The Prince of Peace entering life and giving peace. Peace be upon you. Peace be upon God's people. 
And that's the beginning. That's where you know you're walking in security when you have that peace. You know you're walking in that place with God when you have that peace. And it's not a, a peace that is devoid of uh, difficulties coming at you. We've heard that a lot today already, but difficulties come at you. This week I, I've spoken to uh, my cousin, and my cousin leads a church up in Bolton, uh, but he's just been diagnosed with bowel cancer at the age of 38. You know? But he just says, the peace of God is on me. I know the peace of God. Whatever happens, I know his peace. I know I'm secure in him. I spoke to another friend whose dad passed away uh, on Wednesday. And he's like, he passed away of cancer. And he's like, it's hard. <laughs> but the peace of the Lord is here. I spoke to another friend who, who lost their job. <laughs> and he's like, okay, difficulties come. Difficult moments come in our life. It's not because we're Christians, we don't get out of the world and stop having difficulty. Difficulties come at us. And at those moments, we need to know where to get our security, where to be assured of our security. Where, so I, I just want to ask a few questions now, or one question actually. Where else could we get our security from? And, uh, and that's not a... Um, I want you to talk to your neighbor and just say, where else could you get your security from other than God? Where else do other people get security from other than God? I love to hear of lots of humming of talk. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've come up with lots of different ones. Uh, let me just suggest some. Uh, a stable government. Does that give you security? Uh, a good health system where you can go and get free health care. Does that give you security? What, what about uh, um, a queen that served a long period of time and hold a stable for? What about closer to home? What about having a good job that you enjoy and you like and provides a good income for you? What about a stable family and parents and children and uh, brothers and sisters who love you and care for you and want to be close to you and want to be involved in your life? What about a, a fantastic church uh, where you can come and be supported by one another? I'm sure there's many, many more. I, I, when I was writing it, I was listing them down and thinking, oh, there's loads of places actually I get my stability and security from that make me feel safe. But this is part of my story, actually. So my story is that I, uh, all the way through school, I did really well in school. I say really well, I did averagely. I did B's and C's, you know, that kind of averagely good. I played football, life was good, life was fun. I have a fantastic family. Uh, they took me to church every week. I didn't have my own faith, but, you know, it was stable. I had this really stable upbringing. I had a, had a fantastic group of friends, uh, and we're still friends today. They, they all moved to London, uh, and we moved to London as well. Uh, you know, like, so it was, we had this stable life completely stable. Everything was good. Everything was hunky-dory. And you just can get on with life in that way, can't you? You can just run around. You can have fun. You can mess around. Life can be filled with fun. But there will be moments. And there was a moment for me when I failed my exams, actually. I failed my first year of exams. And it was the first time I think I'd failed anything. I'm sure I'd failed like in a football game before, but, but like properly failed. And it was destabilizing. 
but not so destabilizing because my friends were still around. So I went off to a different college. Uh, my mum actually got me into a different college, so it is good to have parents around uh, who care for you. And she got me into a college. I was going to work in a newsagent. Life would have been very different if I'd just worked in a newsagent. Um, but my mum got me into a college. And I did well that next year. But then the next year, all my friends who were cleverer went off to university. And suddenly, the kind of stability that I'd built my life upon had been pulled out from underneath me. And my feet went up in the air and I fell flat on my back. And I went through a stage of just feeling really depressed and really isolated and really lonely and really kind of like, oh, I, I just staying in my room a lot of the time. And, and I just, I think back to that time, it's like, oh my goodness, what, what was going on? But, but it was okay because I still had a girlfriend and we were happy. We'd been together a year. She had moved away, but, but then she did this thing where she came to faith. And she came back and she dumped me. I was like, how could she do that? How could she? And it happened to Pete as well, apparently. Well done. <laughs> oh, it's not just me. But again, that, that just takes some other bit of stability. It takes it out from under you. You think you've got all this stability around you. And, and you just think, oh, well, you don't think, oh, God. You think, what is going on? You just feel like all over the place. You feel dizzy. You feel lonely and isolated because... Things in this world can be torn from under your feet. <laughs> but I think God always uses those situations. And I remember uh, during that time, someone sent me a message. It was a youth worker from a church that my parents, um, at the time, I thought it was all really weird that he contacted me, but I imagine my parents spoke to them. Now I start thinking about it rationally. But he contacted me out of the blue and invited me to go on a Christianity Explored course, which I then went on, which is the same as an Alpha course, where you just get to ask all your questions, you get to talk to people, you get a meal, you get to um, just discuss life in more depth, basically. And I remember just having these discussions where I was putting up walls, where I was like, oh, but what about evolution? Like, I didn't know anything about evolution. I didn't know what it was, let alone. But you know, you put up this wall and you think, what about evolution? You've not got an answer for that. You. What about what about this? What about that? You've not got that answer for that, have you? But then there was this one week where they were showing uh, a, a video, a very simple video of Jesus being nailed to a cross. And it just hit me in my heart for the first time ever. As the nail was driven through his hand, as I watched that, it just hit my heart. And my eyes filled with tears. And I was like, Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me to save me because he loved me so much. He died for me. And everything changed in my heart. Everything in that moment changed in my mind. The security that I'd built it on was, was in him instead of in something that is, is movable. He transformed it. Now, the things around me were still the same. My girlfriend had still dumped me. My friends had still gone off to university. But everything in my heart and my mind, everything within me was different. I had this stability. I was still alone, but I had this stability where I just knew God loves me. There is a God and he loves me. And it's incredible how that completely changes your outlook on things. Changes your life completely. It takes you from, life, uh, from death to life. Let's just look at this psalm, because I believe that there's then moments in our lives where we are destabilized again, actually. I think God often uses those moments where we destabilize to, to take us on an adventure with him. 
to take us in, to build our security in him. He often uses these moments of destabilizing. Because I think sometimes, you know, it talks about building a house, and sometimes you're building a house. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 7. If you build your house on the rock, then it will stand firm no matter when the waves and things come at you. Um, and I think sometimes we're in the habit of mostly building on the rock, but maybe having a corner on the sand uh, and thinking, okay, I'm just having it on the sand here. But let's just look at what this psalm says. So it says in verse 1, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. Verse 2, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. The place to look for security is the Lord. The word for Lord that is used here is Yahweh. Getting to know Yahweh, the one true God, the only God, the maker of heaven and earth. It's not a God, it's the God. It's not one of the gods that you can go to. But it is Yahweh, it is the one true God, the Lord, the maker of all things, the creator. You can get lost in the Lord. You can get lost in Yahweh, just in the different things about him, the Trinitarian nature of God, the one true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As you, as you meditate on these verses and, and realize and, and ask God to reveal himself to you, well, who are you, God? Reveal yourself to me as the one true God. Let me know you as the one true God. And within that, you get the whole thing here that he says in the next verses. He talks about the Lord, Yahweh, surrounds his people. Now, when you come to know Jesus, you become part of his people. You become his person. And that's another part of your identity. That's how you, it's another part of security. When you know the Lord, you know who he is, you get to know who he is, you go deep in him, and then you know who you are, and you know who you are in relation to him. He is your father. Jerry read about that in, in um, the Lord's Prayer. He is father in heaven. And when you know that, you know that you are adopted into him. The security of being a son or a daughter, the security of knowing him as father, in knowing who he's like, what he's like, and knowing him in your life, connected with you, there's such security in that. There's such a secure footing on that. The foundation is secure. When you know that, you can keep coming back again and again. And it, it says that you can come to God, who's like Mount Zion. So you can come to Mount Zion. And this is a, if you go to the first slide, I believe this is a picture of Mount Zion. I've never actually been there, but it's this picture. No, Duncan, that's, is it Mount Zion? Don't know. Anyone, Tim? <laughs> Tim had a picture of Trifan rather than Mount Zion, but Trifan's a great mountain as well. It's rocky like that, but, but people would know what Mount Zion was. They would know where it was. They would go and look at it and they'd think, wow, that's pretty solid. That's there forever. That's not going to move. And so they've come to this and God is unmovable. He's unchangeable. He's unshakable. You can come to God and he's, he's this unchanging nature from generation to generation. He's, he's this solid. And so you can look at that mountain and you can think, okay, if God is like that, well, I think I can trust him. You know, if he's going to not move, if he's powerful and mighty, if he's rugged, and I can trust him. I can trust him. But it's not just about coming to God either. It's being surrounded by God. 
And it talks about that in this verse as well. It talks about God. You are, you, God's people are surrounded by mountains, which you can look at, which are the protection. Jerusalem was a very hard place to attack because it was surrounded by mountains. It was a mountainous region and it was quite high up. It was hard to attack. And that's what you're like. You're hard to attack because you're surrounded by God. God surrounds his people. So it's not just you coming, but actually God comes to you and surrounds you and protects you and guards you. That's security, isn't it? Not that we're just going to him, but actually he's coming to us and surrounding us and giving us that mighty protection. These verses are incredible, and I, I actually love the way that they use um, the created order in order to, and Jesus does it a lot, he uses created order to tell us things about God. And I was uh, in my, I was going to have a picture, but I don't actually have one, but, but I was in the place where I go to pray, it's a, a, a field up in High Barnet, um, and I just love the fact that you can look around and you can see trees which are big and mighty. You can see fields which are vast and broad. You can see, you can hear the birds singing in all of it. And you can, you can just sit there and you can think, okay, God, you made all of this. And as you look at creation, you can just see God in it and you can sense God and you can get to know God through created order. And you can, oh God, you're amazing. And I think that is something I'd encourage people to do. You know, I would encourage you to sit Find somewhere to sit where you're looking at nature or sensing nature because it fills your soul as you reflect on God when you look at nature. And I think these verses help us to do that. You know, it's, it's not just out there, but actually God's created order you can look at and you can sense the power of God in it. And you can get to know God through it and you can ask God to, to show you things as you look at them. I hope that helps. But the thing about being uh, Christian, so we're secure in him, yeah, we're secure in him, we can look to him, we can... But actually, God doesn't call us to be people who therefore retreat from the world and be off in this ivory tower, all secure and safe. He doesn't tell us to, to leave the world and to be all to be monks. He actually says to, to go into the world, go into all of the world, go into the different nations, go into the different places, and he, he gives us this mission to do. And actually, that's what security should enable you to do. Security in God should enable you to go into all the world, to go into the darkest places as the shining light. That's what security in God should enable you to do. Not to sit back and go, oh, I'm secure, I'm fine, this is good. But actually to, God, you've called me on this mission. You've made me secure in you. You've given me security. What is your mission? And that's what Malta is about. It's the mission of God going forward. When Jerry spoke about the difficulties he's had this week, it's because he's living on mission. He's not sitting back in the security. He's holding security, securing God, and going into a dark place in order to bring the kingdom of God. And that's the call upon us. And there's a warning in this, in this verse. Chapter 3. For the scepter of the wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Or in the Amplified Version, it says, so the righteous will not reach out their hands to do wrong. 
we live in a, a world and there's this promise that the, the, um, the wicked won't rule forever. That doesn't mean that the wicked won't ever have rule. It means the wicked won't rule forever. Like in, in the scripture, uh, the Israelites were under Pharaoh for a season. They were under different... Um, they were under Roman rule for a season. They were, so it's not like the wicked don't have any power, but it's that, that this knowledge that the wicked won't rule forever. And there's a warning here that when the wicked are ruling, or actually we as people should not reach out our hand to take, out, take on the things that they present. Does that make sense? Partly. It partly makes sense. So they will bring in a culture that doesn't quite align with God's word. There will be uh, things around us in the world which don't align with what we think or believe Scripture would teach. And there's a warning here not to reach out and just to accept it and to bring it in and just to make it part, but actually to live in the world and to be different. To live in the world and not just take on the things of the world. So we're called here to, to live in a place, to live faithfully on missions, God faithfully seeking him out, but not take the things on. And not allow things to become idols. So not allow those things like money and family to become our idols, become our foundation points. We have to keep going back to God, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We need to make sure our security is in him. And I think we need to keep on checking ourselves repeatedly on that, actually, in prayer life. Allow him to kind of speak to you and speak into your heart so that, okay, God, I, I want to completely trust in you. I want to completely trust in your way. I want to completely trust you. <coughs> and then we can call on the Lord to do good. Do good, O oh Lord, to those who are good and those who are upright in their hearts. But again, a, a warning follows in verse 5. But as for those who turn aside to their crooked ways, being unresponsive to God, the Lord will lead them away with those who do evil. There's this call on our lives to continually follow the voice of God, to continually follow him, to continually live for him, to have our hearts shaped and restored and provoked by him, to live in that place in relationship with the Father, to live in that place where we're walking with him and doing mission with him, and to not turn our head to the side to chase after other things. To not just turn around and go elsewhere, but to follow after him. To follow hard after God. How are you doing in that? How are you doing in following hard after God? Are you listening to his voice? Are you letting him speak into your heart and mind? Are you letting him talk to you? Mostly, you know, I'm, I'm, reading through, uh, Deuter I'm reading Deuteronomy regularly this year. Most days I'm reading Deuteronomy 6, which it just talks about loving the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And there's a bit in it where it talks about, um, it talks about not forgetting the Lord when he has taken you into a place of fruitfulness. Not forgetting the Lord when he's taken you into a place which is flowing with milk and honey, which has big grapes, which is, you know, you get the food. and you, Don't forget me when you get to that place. 
And I think as a society, I think we're slightly at risk of, of doing that. Even as Christians, we can be slightly at risk of doing that. We can forget the Lord because life is good, life is rosy, we've got good things going on. And I think there's this call again to just remember God continually, remember him, keep turning to him, keep worshipping him, keep praising his holy name. It is him who provides for us. It's in him that we have security. It's in him alone. And that's why we need to, to go out to Malta. Because God spoke to Duncan. And he said, you need to go back to this place. And you need to take a team and you need to go on mission. And having a, a fleshly heart, you need to be obedient to that and step into that. And so it's exciting that today we're doing that, because that, that is from a place of security. It's from a place of hearing God, a place of wanting to be continually responsive to him. And we today need to pray for them. We need to pray for them. And we need to own that. We need to own our part, actually, in the mission. I think and I said that at the beginning, but, but we all have a part to play. When it says this in Acts 13... Sorry. It says, One day, as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work for which I have called them to. So after prayer and fasting, that's what we've just done, the men laid hands on them and sent them on their way. And I think that's what we're going to do today. We're going to lay hands and we're going to send them on their way. And so I just, I'd like to ask the team, if the team are here, who, parts of the team to come forward. Three? Three out of six are here? Some are already on planes. Come on. Do you want to get your mic? So I think you've told most people what's going on, but some people might be here for the first time. So do you just want to say what the mission is and... I'll say briefly and then you guys can share anything. We're going out for four days, we're flying out tonight um, and we're going to... We, I, we, we don't know, we're just going to talk to people. We're going to sit in... I'm gonna, my plan is... In fact, I'd be quite interested to know what your plan is, <laughs> to be fair, both of you. My plan is I'm going to sit in a cafe and read my Bible and just hope that somebody comes and says, what are you reading that for? And I'm just going to talk to them about Jesus. And I'm praying that they'll, we'll meet some people that are really hungry to know more of God and that they've got some sort of like leadership capacity on them. So you're thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could, some people could give their lives to Christ and then a church could be planted. But actually, to be honest, that is all our plan at the moment. So wow. yeah, do tell us, what are you going to do? <laughs> on the spot. I think I'm just going to prayer walk, actually, and then see if there's openings to chat to people and, yeah. Um, so Luana, who's already on a flight, has got like kind of history with YWAM and mission and street outreach and stuff like that. So um, me and her will 
hit the streets and talk to people, just go up to them. I think something Duncan shared when we initially like shared that we wanted to do this was we want to follow the the model in Luke 10 that Jesus gives of sending that out the 72 and basically says like when you go into a foreign land, just greet people and, and if they welcome you into their home, like accept it and basically if they don't receive you, bless them and move on. And, and so we kind of just want to follow that, um, the people that we're going to meet as well. Um, and also, j- just to let you know, we uh, yeah we we booked accommodation for most of the, we're going to be there four nights. We've booked accommodation for three nights now, but the last night we're just going to trust the Lord that He provides something somewhere for us to stay, because that's what it says in Luke ten. So if it says it in the Bible, why shouldn't it actually work out? We should be able to do that. So that's really what we're going to go and do. And the, the the last thing just to say is that initially we felt God planted a seed because Jill and I went on holiday there, and then we sat around in some of the sort of like the communal sort of like public areas and we just found it so easy to talk to people people are really friendly and they really want to talk and so we just and they speak english which is really good as well as they do speak maltese as well but but anyway so that that was where it came from and then i think god just spoke to us and kept prompting us and then in the end it got to the point where thinking if i don't go there if we don't go i'm being disobedient to what i really feel god has called us to do come on there you go come on that's so good Fantastic. So what I would like, I would like as many people as possible to come around, be brave, just come and pray for them. They're going to be here. They stand further forward. And I want, come on, anyone now, anyone feeling brave, come on. Just lay hands and pray. All right, Holy Lord, um, I lift up this team and I just ask God by your grace that they would be in tune with your spirit, so in tune with your spirit that they, their ears would be open, that they'd be listening to anything that you ask them to do. Lord, help them to be obedient, even if it's awkward. Help them to be obedient for your kingdom's sake, for your glory, Lord. Um, we know that in scripture, Malta's mentioned, and the strangers are unusually kind to Paul and the people that got shipwrecked there. Um, so, Lord, I don't, if there, if there, if it's your will that you could just use Paul's shipwreck at Malta in to to win someone over to you because of the history there, um, where they can just tell tell them all about Paul and who he was, um, then use that, Lord, whatever whatever it is, God. Um, and we also, yeah, we just ask in faith that you would provide them for accommodation in a in a tremendous and miraculous way. Uh, for that last night, Lord, we we just ask, please, by your grace, that it wouldn't yeah, be like this Jesus weird, cool. all right, day four, it's fizzling, there's nothing, like, we're just going to have to book a hotel at the last minute, or something, Lord. Won't you come through as they step out in faith, God, please? Yes, please. Jesus. Yes, Father, I just want to pray for... Uh, uh, surprise encounters on the way encounters yeah. like Philip uh, you just put him on the way that was heading in a certain direction Lord on the way he meets up with this guy who's really searching and 
needing to hear from you. Father, I pray that you'll give them lo loads of on-the-way encounters. And Father, that you surprise them. Surprise them, Lord, with, oh. with, 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 with provision. Surprise them, Lord, with, with, uh, with, with words, Lord, that they didn't even know they could say. And Father, I pray open doors in that city, that's in that uh, nation, Lord. Father, we pray that you open, Lord. We speak over the uh, the, the heavens over that place, Lord. Let the, let, let the gates in that place be open. Let them lift them up. Let their heads be lifted up and the King of glory come into that place. Father, we thank you. Thank you for miracles. Thank you, Lord, for uh, for all kinds of uh, uh, surprise encounters, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yeah, Father, we want to thank you for genuine hearts that have listened to your voice. Father God, we thank you for little seeds that you place and their little niggles. And it's not just we want to go on a holiday, but we want to follow you, Jesus. We want to, you, you've niggled away at Duncan. We know his heart, Father. And, and we stand here as a church and we want to say we're behind this. We want to pray each and every day because we know you're in this, Jesus. And we pray for the five people going to Malta from Trinity Church. We pray pour out your Holy Spirit Father God pour out your Holy Spirit give them the wisdom of the Holy Spirit give them the faith of the Holy Spirit give them the power of the Holy Spirit we just say Lord take these seeds take these little niggles and do something beautiful with it Father we pray we want to look forward to great testimony when they come back and we say Lord let your will yeah. come in this place in Malta Father Jesus thank you Lord yeah, Lord, we thank you for these people's obedience yeah, to you, Lord. And I pray that as Duncan sits in the coffee shop, Lord, that those who are thirsting for you would come into that place, Lord, and he would have opportunity to share you. Lord, as Jill prayer walks, I pray that you would use that to walk into people's hearts. And as um, Becca and Luana go out, Lord, I pray for God-appointed um, conversations, Lord. May your word prosper in mortal, Lord. Thank you. Amen. We were reminded earlier of the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come. And in God's kingdom, there's no sickness and there's no sadness. And Lord, I want to pray now that this won't just be words, but that there will be wonders as well. That the gospel will be demonstrated as well as talked. And the miraculous healings and signs and wonders will accompany this tree in Malta. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. Come, Lord. Yeah, come on. Yeah, we're here on Pentecost Sunday when we remember the Spirit being poured out. And on the back of the Spirit being pulled out, poured out, Peter said, this, this gift of the Holy Spirit is a promise for you, your children, and for all people. And that's for you, team going to Malta. The Spirit is poured out for you. So we pray that right now, Holy Spirit, would you come? Jesus said that the Spirit was coming so that they could be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And Malta's not quite the end of the earth, but it's on the way. And Lord, we pray, would you come and anoint this team? Let them know the Spirit of the Lord is upon them to accomplish mighty things, to set the captives free, to enable the blind to see, to declare the year of the Lord's favor. So will you rest on them? Will you protect them? We pray for all the practicalities of getting there and moving around. Lord, will you be with them? But Lord, will you inspire them and use them? Lord, I pray there'll be so many stories to come back and tell us and encourage us. But Lord, will you bless them, hold them and keep them, and will you use them mightily? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Yeah, Father, thank you that faith releases possibilities as we step out in obedience. Thank you for both the gentleness of the words of your good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It will flourish in a land that's ready to receive it. It's like something that's ripe and ready to be taken. Uh, Father, I do believe that you will be uh, already in the hearts of uh, people that are living on the island, uh, preparing their hearts to receive your word in this season, for it's uh, very much in your timing and your plans ahead uh, will be released in due course. So this is the first step in a journey and an adventure. And whoever's involved in it in the long term, Father, you know how to put that all together. I just want to thank you that this is a team that sits underneath the banner of Jesus Christ as their Lord. And they will be known as people, uh, people of the way, people that are on that journey with you. And that will be a great encouragement. Some will already know you. Others will be on the way looking for you. And others will have no idea about you. And in each case, I'd ask that you'd give them the appropriate words that will be relevant culturally, aspirationally, that would help people to move on further into the presence of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus, I thank you so much for this team, Lord, and I just pray for your blessing to go, Lord. Lord God, let salvation come. You're the God of salvation, and I pray that they would see salvation, Lord Jesus, the outworking of your power, Lord. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen.